welcome to the third episode of Flavors of Success. Today, we are going to be talking to Lucas. He's going to take us on a journey. On a journey for, through having it all, having the money to support, to buy a house, to get a car, to losing everything due to depression, to ending up in a parent's basement where his mom said to him, get your shit up or leave. He's gonna take us on a journey where he planned a suicide and always managed to find something by luck. Maybe something was above him. And move the date that motivated him to move the date that he planned to commit suicide just a little bit later. He managed to find an inspiration, an event that completely changed his life and allow him to get back on track, gain or rather discover his power, lose the weight, become the speaker and the business owner he is now. So help me and welcome today's guest, Lucas. Hello, Lucas. How are you doing, man? I'm doing super well, Paulo. Thanks for having me. Welcome on the podcast for Flavors of Success. So, um, Lucas, um, we we kind of connected quite a long time ago, but never had a chance to talk. And um, I know you as a speaker and you have a business in landscaping, right? So, uh, But then you brought up something interesting that is quite vital to, to talk about. I believe uh, mental health issues uh, for for men's right. Tell me a bit more. Like what sort of initiatives you were you you are running in terms of mental health? Yeah. So I mean, I'll start by giving you a little bit of background on me and who I am. I'm yeah. I'm 31 years old. I've had I've been a business owner for most of my life. I've had several different businesses. I've experimented in a lot of different industries. Uh, I've been primarily in the landscaping industry for quite a long time and. In my early 20s, I had uh, a run-in with some mental health issues, right? I was uh, I was standing in the grocery store one day, yeah. staring at the, uh, the, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was the canned vegetables or it was the canned soup. I can't remember specifically which aisle it was, but I was standing there and all of a sudden, I had this moment where I forgot who I was. Like I literally forgot who I was. I couldn't remember my name. I couldn't remember my ad. I couldn't remember my address. I didn't know where I lived. I didn't know why I was there in the grocery store. I was completely bewildered. And I was just sort of standing there. And I must've been there for a while because mm -hmm. eventually somebody came up to me and like just kind of shook my shoulder and asked if I was okay. So like I had been there long enough for somebody to notice something wasn't right. And I was just kind of, I felt like I landed off another planet. Like I was just like, what, what's going on I, and I didn't mm -hmm. know and that was kind of the beginning of uh, a, a couple year long journey of learning about myself and learning about my mind and how it worked you know in that process <laughs> I uh, I did eventually get my memories back it was just a very short little thing but that prompted me to go start seeing counselors and psychiatrists and looking into my life a little bit and and realizing that I was generally a very unhappy person and uh, life was not going the way I wanted it to. What's happened? And it ultimately, it led. Can I ask you a question about it? I mean, what what's ha what yeah. happened? What what's happened that time when 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 you got stuck in that in that grocery store? Was that because of like you, you just completely shut down in your own mind? Or like because you were anxious what, what like took, took me through a bit what was the experience we never did yeah we never really did get to the bottom of what exactly happened um mm -hmm. the doctors figured it was just stress like it was just overload and my my mind just shut gotcha. down on me um but then you know we did some testing and i, I did some mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that and it, we came to realize that I had a number of different mental illnesses. You know, I have schizotypal personality disorder. I had a generalized anxiety disorder. I had generalized depression. Um, I had a number of issues going on. And so I started kind of trying to 
mm-hmm. deal with those, right? I started, I, I got onto some medication. Uh, I got onto an antipsychotic medication, yeah. an antidepressant. I had some anti-anxiety medications and it, it, it was this really horrific journey, if I'm honest. It, it was this awful disassembling of who I was. And I felt like I was a, a lab rat, you know, going to see all these mm-hmm. doctors and psychiatrists and they're asking me all these questions and they'd pull out their clipboard and stare at me over, over the edge and they'd, they'd talk quietly among themselves and I didn't know what they were talking about. And ultimately to just feel empty. You know, I, I got to this point where I didn't feel sad anymore. I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel unhappy, but I didn't feel whole. You know, I didn't feel anything at all. I was just completely numb. And I, it turned out it was because of the medications I was taking. I would go and talk to the psychiatrist yeah. about it. And I'd tell them every single time, like the, these medications don't work for me, that I feel awful, I hate it. I wish I could laugh again. I wish I could enjoy something again. It's like, it's it's great that I don't feel like crap all the time. But Lucas, it sucks that I don't feel anything ever. So Lucas, uh, how, for and, how long you've been that? Yeah. Uh, for how long you've been that in that position? For how long that taking the so medications? Well, I was taking the medications for approximately two years. Um, so this was about 10 years ago when this all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, yeah, I was medicated for a couple of years and I would talk to the doctors and tell them like this medication is not working. And he, he would tell me every single time he would look at me and he'd say, well, if the medication is not working for you, you have to let us know. And I snapped one day. I was like, Doc, I've been letting you know every single time I come in here. Like, I've been telling you that it's not working. We need to try something differently. Mm-hmm. And he just kept telling me, oh, just just keep it a little while longer, a little while longer, a little while longer. And I got to this point where it was like, how much longer? You know, it's been a couple of years. It's clearly not working. I'm not feeling, I, I'm, I'm not feeling upset. I don't want to kill myself anymore, but I don't feel anything and I'm not enjoying life and it's horrible. So... I decided to start doing some research on my own, right? I looked into some mm-hmm. alternative therapies, some different ways to treat depression. And I came across several other people who were experiencing similar issues where they had been told to go on medication and it was just this, this never ending cycle of try a different drug, different drug, try a different drug, and it wasn't working. And I started mm-hmm. to realize that my depression and my mental illness was largely affected by the way I was living my life. You know, I looked around and I was I was drinking fairly heavily at the time. I was using a lot of drugs at the time. I was uh, not particularly fulfilled with the work that I was doing at the time. I was I, I was just a manual laborer. I would go and work my butt off all day, get super exhausted, mm-hmm. come home, sit around and drink and, and smoke pot until I couldn't really see anymore and go to bed, get up the next day and do it over again. I started to think, okay, maybe this has something to do with what's going on. So after, like I said, two years of fighting with this psychiatrist about whether or not I should be on medication, mm-hmm. I finally decided mm-hmm. to take matters into my own hands and uh, I stopped going to see the psychiatrist. I just fired him. I was like, but you have, you stopped, uh, have, you, have you stopped the medication as well? Help. What about the medication? Have I you stopped, stopped the medication, medication as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I stopped you, the medication you at that time as well. The medication and then you said yeah okay brave brave movement yeah but i have to i have to disclaim i don't recommend anybody do that don't ever stop taking psychoactive medication without the help of your doctor but don't be afraid to be forceful with your doctor and say you need to get me off this medication so anyway i, I just want to digress it's not a good idea to stop taking that kind of medication like the way i did but i did and I had a very, very bad dip in my moods and things were not, um, things were not good for a little while, but then they started to pick up and I started to adjust my lifestyle a little bit. And I started to be a little more social and force myself to go out into the world and do more things other than just work. And I cut back on my drinking a little bit and I started to exercise more. And I started to feel a little bit more human again, right? I started mm-hmm. to feel a little better and I, started to realize, okay, this, I, I've got these mental illnesses. That's part of who I am. They're never, they, everybody's thinking about, I, I need a cure for mental illness or depression or whatever it is. And the thing is, there is no cure. It's, it's part of how somebody's brain works. But once you understand that, you can manage it and you can accept it and you can realize that it's not all bad and it doesn't have to control your life. And I started to realize that. And 
I started to get to be okay with the way my mind worked. And I realized there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. So I developed some good coping mechanisms and, and the next five years or so of my life was really good. You know, I, I was making lots of friends. I was doing things I enjoyed uh, that it was in that time period that I started my second business. The second time I tried to start a landscaping business and everything was quite good for a while. But then as I started getting older, like the, the pressures of life started to get to me, right? I was, I was about 24 at the time. And I was at this age where it's like, I, I was starting to want to go and buy a house of my own. And I started to want to live life on my own. I, I was struggling to make enough money to do that. And I was looking at the world around me and it's like, man, like I'm, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to make enough money to have the life that I want. And I was, I started to slip back into this sort of desperate state of mind. And it was like, I, I don't know what to do. And then uh, a friend of mine came along and he, he had just gotten a job working in the Canadian oil field. And he suggested I come work, work with him because he, he, from his perspective, my issue was all about money. I just wanted to make more money. And from at that time, from my perspective, that was kind of what I thought as well. It was like, if I can just make more money, then I can, ha I can afford the things that I want in life. And then I can be happy. You know, it was this, it was this idea of soon once once this happens once something happens i can eventually be happy so i thought okay i'm gonna take this step i'm gonna leave my life behind here in calgary i'm gonna move i moved uh three and a half hours north of where i was living at the time to this little tiny postage stamp of a town called saint paul i like to jokingly tell people to get there you drive to the middle of nowhere turn right and go for another hour like it's a very very remote place and remote living and isolation is really not good for people with mental health issues. It's actually one of the worst things for people with mental illnesses, as I soon learned. Um, so I went up there and I got a job driving a semi-truck in the oil field. Then I, I drove, I would be on the road by myself for 14 to 16 hours a day. Uh, and I did that for two and a half years and I made a lot of money. I, I made all the money I needed to do all the things I wanted to do. I bought a house. I, I had the, 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 truck of my dreams. I had like, I had everything I thought I wanted on paper. And then I, I remember distinctly one day, mm -hmm. it was the day I took possession of my house. I was sitting on the floor in my living room, looking around thinking, wow, this is my house. I've, I've accomplished everything that the younger version of me ever wanted. And I was miserable. I was so sad. I was sitting there on the couch on this red, long, long piled shag carpet, looking around the room, bawling my eyes out. I was just devastated because I realized that I had everything that I thought I had wanted. I had been working so hard for, I had sacrificed so much for, and it didn't make me happy. It made me feel alone and sad and miserable. And I just realized like, mm -hmm. this is not it this is not it, but I was stuck. You know, now I had a mortgage to pay and I had a house in this little one horse town that had almost no industry other than truck driving. So it's not even like I could go and try a different job or something like that. Like I, I genuinely felt stuck. So for the next couple of, how long was it? About a year and a half, 18 months, roughly. I pushed through and I kept going to work every day and I kept paying the mortgage and just trying to figure out like, okay, what, what now? And I slipped down a very, very slippery slope I, into a very dark place. I started drinking heavily again. I started doing a lot of drugs again because there was, I felt like there was nothing else to do. I had to numb my mind out. And a few times I even considered going back and talking to a psychiatrist again and getting on medication again, because I started to think like, well, maybe this is all there is to life. You know, maybe that numbed out, dull feeling I get from the medication is what, that like, maybe that's all I have to look forward to. Maybe that's what the rest of my life is gonna look like. So I was kind of desperate. And I never did actually start back on medication, but I numbed myself out with drugs and alcohol, like you couldn't believe. Like I would get up in the morning at 4.30 every day, go to work, leave the yard for five o'clock, go and pull my 14 to 16 hour shift, come home, stuff myself with junk food, 
smoke my face off, drink my face off until I passed out and then wake up the next day and do it all again. I would do that 10 days in a row and then I would have four days off. And on those four days off, I would just be plastered drunk the whole time. Like I just, I didn't do anything. I didn't have any friends to hang out with. I just, I was really stuck. And then one morning I got up and I, I was, I felt like I was at my breaking point. I was just like, I, I couldn't, I almost physically couldn't bring myself to walk out the door of my house to go and get in my car and go to work. Like I, I was walking out the back door and I had to stop. I ran back inside because I was physically sick. That's how badly I didn't want to go to work. I, I couldn't, I, I was physically ill. I got out, I, I finally got out of the house. I was already running late. I get to work. I start the semi truck up. I'm doing my pre-trip inspection and I just snapped. I lost it. I was, I started crying my eyes out. I was looking, freaking out, like losing it. I was throwing stuff all over the place, throwing tools out of the toolbox on the truck, screaming. And then I just got, I sat in my pickup truck and I just cried for 10 minutes. Just like, what am I doing? Like, what the hell am I doing? And then I had this moment of clarity and it was like, I wish I could accurately describe it but i really can't because i don't know what exactly happened but something hit me and it's like it was like a voice in the back of my head was just like get out just get out and i sat there and i thought about it like what get out how do i get out what how like i'm stuck here i don't know what to do i i sat there for a while and then i pulled out my phone and I opened up my banking app and I looked at my bank account and I had like $2,700. I didn't have a whole lot of money, but I had enough for a little while. And I thought, okay, get out. So then I closed the banking app on my phone. I opened up the phone, like the, the actual phone app, went through my contacts to my dispatcher and I called him. I said, Dan, I'm really sorry, but effective immediately, I don't work here anymore. I just quit right there on the spot. I was like, I, I cannot keep doing this to myself anymore. And then I packed all my stuff. I got all my stuff out of the semi truck, put it back in my pickup truck and I drove home. And I just sat there for a day and a half. I sat there and stared at the wall thinking like, okay, what's next? And it was the most interesting freedom feeling, but also terror that I've ever felt before because I suddenly felt like, okay, I'm free. I, I don't have to keep going through this awful routine anymore. I don't have to keep destroying my life anymore. I don't have to keep destroying my health anymore, but I don't know what to do. Like I, I was completely lost. Um, so I ended up th from there, I, I spent another month in St. Paul, just tying up loose ends and getting my affairs in order. And, I, I was going to try to sell the house that I had bought, but it was the market had crashed since I bought it. It was worth very a whole lot less than I paid for it. Um, so I didn't want to do that. And I, I couldn't find somebody to rent it out for a while. And I was kind of in a panic about that. But I just I just trusted that it was going to work. I just thought, you know, no matter what, something is going to work out here and I'm going to be OK. And I just kept going through it and I packed all my stuff. I put all my all my belongings in the garage at that house. And a week before I was going to run out of money, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. He said, hey, I heard you're thinking of leaving. What are you doing with your house? And I was like, ah, I'm going to try to rent it out, but I really don't know. He said, perfect. Don't rent it out to anybody. My mother-in-law needs a place to live. And he was like, oh, perfect. The universe was providing for me. So this lady moved into my house the same day that I moved out. I moved back to Calgary, which was my hometown. I moved in with my parents for a little while. I lived in their garage and uh, I, I just had this reset. So I got back to Calgary and the economy in Calgary was kind of in a rough place because Calgary was very much an oil city and the oil, uh, the Canadian oil field had really taken a massive hit over the last couple of years with the price of oil dropping. And there wasn't really a whole lot of prospects for jobs uh, in Calgary, but I had always, I had been a landscaper for a long time growing up and I knew I could do it. I had my journeyman ticket. I, I had a truck, I had some tools. I thought, you know, I'm just going to start a company. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up odd jobs here and there until I find a permanent solution. And so that's what I started doing. I started picking up 
I'm picking up these little landscape projects just to make enough money to get by on. And I, for a little while, I started to feel pretty good, but then life started to get kind of stagnant, right? And I was back in that place where I wasn't moving forward the way I wanted to. And I was starting to get really disappointed with myself again. And I started to get really depressed again. And I felt, I felt trapped once more because I wasn't making enough money to pay rent on a proper place to live. So here I was living, not even in my parents' house because they didn't have space for me in their house. So I was living in an unheated garage without, pardon me, without indoor plumbing, without anything, like just literally a bed in the corner of this garage with a, cor with a uh, curtain hung up in front of it. And I started to get pretty depressed again. I started, and, and then to make it even worse, we were heading into winter. Now in Canada in winter, when it snows and gets cold, landscaping shuts down. Like you can, there's no, you can't go and build patios. You can't go and do stonework stuff like that in the winter. So I was starting to feel pretty stuck again. And then one day it was towards the end of October. Uh, my mom came, knocked on the door of the garage and she had a letter in her hand that she had written me. And it, the gist of it was you need to get your life together. You need to stop drinking so much. You need to stop doing so much, so many drugs. You need to start going and making a mon some money and go and find, find what the next step is for you. And the ultimate message of the letter was get your shit together or get out. And that hit me really hard. You know, that was just like, wow, okay. My, my own family is now starting to not want to help me out. And I don't, don't blame them at all because I mean, how can you help somebody out who doesn't want to help themselves? And that was kind of the state I was in. And I was I, like, that was the, that was the rock bottom. That was the lowest point of my life. When I realized that I was in that place again. And here I was, this was like nine years or 10 years after my first diagnosis uh, with mental illness. And it was the, the, a decade after my battle with depression had kind of really started and I thought I was doing so well for so long and then there I was back in that same spot I was 10 years earlier only even worse off and 10 years older and now I had a big mortgage on this house that wasn't even worth what I paid for it in another city and I wasn't you know I was living in my parents garage and I was broke and I was just like whoa okay crap this is awful and I would, I would lay there in my bed for days at a time, just staring at the ceiling. And th there was a, it was a drywalled ceiling, but it wasn't painted. It wasn't finished. You could see all the screws and I would lay there and count the screws over and over again, because that's the only thing I could do to keep my brain off how I was going to kill myself. Cause I, I had realized I was just like, well, obviously I'm useless. Obviously I can't get life figured out. Obviously I can't take care of myself. Um, and I just, I got to this point where it's like, I have no value. I have nothing to offer to the world. I'm not a worthwhile human being. So I would count these screws. There was 172 of them, just in case you're wondering, but I would count them over and over and over again. And then after, I don't even know how long, maybe two weeks, I just had another one of those moments, the similar moment to what I had when I was in St. Paul, right before I quit my truck driving job. And that little voice in the back of my head just said, do something different. And that was all, like, that was the only message I heard. That was the only insight I had. It was just do something different. And I didn't really know what to make of it. I was just like, well, do something different. I feel like I've tried everything. I don't know, like, what's different? What could I do? And then I started thinking about it. It's like, well, okay, for two weeks, I've been sitting here counting screws in drywall. So something different could just be go and sit in a different position, go and do something else. So I got up out of my bed. I walked out of the garage. I went into my parents' house. I went like across the yard into the back door. I sat down, they had a dog. I sat, he came and sat next to me and I looked at him. I thought, I'll take him for a walk. That's different. I don't do that a whole lot. So I got his leash, I put it on and we started walking and we went, there's this park near where I lived right beside the river, beautiful place, had about a five kilometer uh, loop that you could walk through the forest. And we started walking and as I was walking, I started to feel different, not tons different. I wasn't happy, I wasn't thrilled about life or anything, but I didn't feel as miserable as I had for the last couple of weeks.
and I kind of started to feel like maybe, maybe I could figure this out. Maybe I could find the next step. I started to, I got into a more positive mindset where it was like, well, 10 years ago when I was battling depression or eight years ago when I fired my psychiatrist, I figured this shit out on my own. I sorted it out. So why the hell can't I do that again? Just because I'm older, just because I have more debt to my name, just because it's more of a challenge, there's no reason I can't do it. And I kept walking. And as I walked, I was having all these ideas come to me. And it was just like, I, I had, I could see visions of how maybe I could perhaps fix my situation. And, and I walked, I did the whole five kilometer loop. And by the time I was done, I was feeling so good. We started the loop again. So the dog and I, we ended up walking 10 kilometers that day. And by the time I got home, I was just like, wow, okay, do something different. And I, I understood more what that thought I had had before I went for that walk meant. It was just like anything different, change your environment, change the people you're around, change your routine, do something different. So at that point, like I mentioned, I was totally broke. I think I, I was actually into the quite significant debt at that point. I had no income uh, at all to speak of. I had no, I had no idea what I could do, but I did know that there was this website out there where you could go and find free events to attend. And I thought, well, that's different. That's something I'll never, I never normally do. So I went on meetup.com. I started finding these free seminars that I could go to. And every single day that I wasn't busy doing something important, which was pretty much every day, I would find at least one event to go to. And I would go, and I mean, most of them were just basically sales pitches, right? It was a two hour sales pitch by my coaching program, blah, 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 whatever. But at least I was getting out of the house and I was, I was interacting with people and I was actually starting to feel kind of inspired. You know, at that, I, I, I went to one that was a marketing training program and I started to think, well, Hey, maybe if I could get the, the marketing side of things dialed in for my business, then I'll start making some money and I'll feel better again. And and I started to meet some people and I started to recognize the value of being around other people because at that point I was kind of a loner introvert sort of person who didn't I didn't really feel the need to socialize a whole lot and but I was seeing the value in it and I was I was building momentum and that was the really important thing is I was building momentum and then I went and I volunteered at this uh, conference there was a conference in Calgary put on by the uh, Landscape Alberta Nursery Trades Association. It was a landscaping trade show and I really wanted to go, but I couldn't afford it. I think a ticket for the, the weekend was like $500 or something. And there was no way I could make that happen. But then I thought, okay, I'll get creative. So I called the organizers. I said, hey, I can't afford a ticket, but do you need any help? And they let me come and volunteer and I helped them out and they gave, they said, if you come and volunteer for one day, we'll give you a free ticket for the second day. You can go and take all the workshops you want, do whatever you want. And it was like, perfect. This is awesome. And now I had been in the landscape industry for quite a long time, but at that point I had been out of it for the better part of four years. So I'd lost connection with a lot of my old friends from back in the day. And I saw a lot of those people at that event, you know, and I was helping out and I was, I was, I started to suddenly feel like my old self again. It, it connected me back to those days at, shortly after I had fired my psychiatrist and got off my medication that I had felt like I had it together. And I felt like I could, I could handle life on, on my own. And it snapped me back into this moment. And it was just like, I was feeling really good. I was just like, yeah, I can do this. I can handle life. It's going to be good. And so I continued with that, you know, I, I had, I had a couple of weeks prior to uh, starting to go out to these events and stuff. I had made the decision that if I didn't have things sorted out by Christmas time, I was going to kill myself. I had, I had figured out the plan. I knew exactly how I was going to do it. I knew how I would make it look like an accident because I couldn't bear the thought of my parents knowing that I had decided that I didn't want to exist anymore. And I had, I had it all detailed. And then I had a calendar with a mark on it and nobody knew what the mark meant, of course, but I did. And that was the end date of my life if I didn't get things sorted out. But then there I was a couple of weeks later feeling all inspired and having having this momentum. And so I kept I kept up the momentum. I was like, maybe this is maybe I'm getting my act together. Maybe this is 
what it feels like. I kept doing it and I kept going to these free events. And one day I found myself at this event. It was not like anything else I had gone to. It was a, it was a public speaking workshop and I had no intentions of being a speaker. I was, like I said, I was an incredibly introverted person. I didn't even really see the value of connecting with a lot of other people, but I thought if I could get confident about speaking, then maybe I can promote my business better. You know, it was, it was all about business for me at that point. It was never, it was never about personal development, personal growth. It was like, how do I make my business better so that I don't have the financial stress in my life so I can focus on other stuff. It was still that mentality of when this happens, then I can be happy, but that's okay. That was all the push I needed. And I went to this event and when I got there, I noticed immediately it was different than anything I'd ever been to before because there was a lineup out the door for this free workshop, which never happened. And the people there were like really excited and they're, they're all chattering in the, in the hallway, talking to each other. And they opened the doors to the event. I think it was 9.30 in the morning. We, we all filed into the room. It was a, your typical hotel ballroom, big open space. They had the stage at the front, the black curtains, the blue lights up, the whole nine yards. And I sat there expecting what I had gotten so many times before, which was like a couple hours of value and then a heavy sales pitch. And this guy comes out and he starts talking about public speaking. And he starts telling all these stories about his life and all the things that had shifted for him when he became confident at communicating. And, and he started talking about all this stuff and I had a lot of fun. Like Paulo, I had so much fun that day, I can't even tell you. And at the end of the day, I realized something really, really important, which was that for the first time that I could remember, I had not gone outside to the to my car at lunchtime to drink a beer. I had not yet smoked a joint that day. I, I was completely sober for the first time that I could remember in a very long time. And I felt amazing and I felt fulfilled and I felt happy. And then I realized that the event had gone on for almost 11 hours. <laughs> and it had been like this, this amazing thing. And by the end of the day, I was like, wow, okay, there's something to this. I, I want to be a speaker. Like I, I was jazzed up. I was really excited. The other thing that I, I haven't mentioned is I was also struggling with my health a lot at that throughout that period of time. And at that point in my life, I weighed 350 pounds. I was more out of shape and in the worst condition I had ever been in my entire life. And one of the reasons I was feeling a little bit defeated was that throughout the course of the, that summer, I had been uh, trying to get myself in shape. And I, I had talked to my doctors, like, tell me what I should be eating. And I didn't get very good advice and I was feeling very stuck. But so anyway, I'm sitting there at this workshop. And of course, at the end of the workshop, there was a sales pitch. You know, there always is, there has to be, they have to pay for it. It was a free event. And the sales pitch was for a, a week long speaker training program that cost way more money than I had. But then this lady jumped up on the stage right in the middle of the sales pitch. Like, I'm not even kidding. Speaker is in the middle of his sales pitch. And this lady jumps on stage and just starts shouting, hey, and if you sign up right now, we'll throw in this health program that we represent, which was this, this, I don't want to say the name of it because there's some issues going on with it right now, but they, they, they said they would throw in this health transformation program. And I had heard people throughout the course of the day talking about this, this program and how wonderful it was and the transformations they had had going through it. And that voice in the back of my head came up again. I said, you need to do this. You need to find a way to do this. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, well, it's November 24th today. I intend to kill myself on December 27th if I don't have my life together. So if that happens, then the credit card company can figure out the bill and it's not really my problem. But in the meantime, I'm going to try it. And so I did. I, I, pulled out a credit card. I spent like $7,000 that I didn't have wow. to go to this program about public speaking and to sign up for this health transformation program. But I just, I've, I was so driven to do it. I was so motivated. And then um, the, the, uh, the health program, it was a three month long thing with coaching and all kinds of stuff. And it started on December 18th and I started it and 
I got a couple weeks into it and I was starting to feel really good. You know, I was starting, I, I had quit eating sugar. I had quit drinking caffeine. I had quit drinking alcohol. I had not quite quit smoking pot, but I had cut back a whole lot. And then Christmas came, you know, and I was sitting there on Christmas day, I was watching my nieces and nephews unwrap presents. And I was realizing that I was really actually enjoying myself. And I was a couple of couple of weeks into this health journey and I, I was looking at the calendar that night and I saw that mark on December 27th that was the day I was gonna execute my plan to end my life. And I thought maybe I need to give it a little more time. I thought, you know, I'm a couple of weeks into this health transformation journey. I've got this speaking workshop coming up uh, in, uh, it was scheduled for the following April. Maybe I, maybe I ought to hold on. Maybe I ought to hold on until just after that. So I moved the mark on the calendar and I put it into August, which on my birthday, the following year. And I carried on and throughout the course of the, the rest of the 90 days of that health transformation challenge, I managed to lose 55 pounds. I felt better than I ever felt before. I completely quit drinking. I haven't had a sip of alcohol since then. Uh, I managed to get off, uh, off all the drugs I was taking, except for occasionally smoking some pot, but very, very little compared to what I was doing. And I felt like a different person, a totally different person. The best part was that my family and I sort of reconciled and they realized that I was taking some steps to get my life back together and they weren't gonna throw me out on the streets in the middle of winter in Calgary after all. And I felt okay. And then came the public speaking, right? I went to this workshop and I started, I learned about the value of communication and how to be myself and how to unravel this, this mask that I had put on because I came to realize over that week that one of the reasons I had been so unhappy was that I was not being myself. I was being the version of me that I thought I was supposed to be. You know, I thought I was, I, I thought the world wanted something from me that was not what I could deliver and I was faking it. But then throughout that week at the speaking program, the, the underlying message that this guy was trying to teach us was that it doesn't matter what you talk about. It doesn't matter how you speak. It doesn't matter how you are, as long as you are authentically you and you're just yourself because that's what the world wants to see. And so I leaned into it and I played full out at this experience and I just allowed myself to be myself, my crazy, silly self to do the weird things, say the strange things that I always wanted to say. I often tell people that that was the week I learned how to make friends because all of the people that were at that workshop really connected with me when I was being myself. And I, I made some lifelong friendships there that completely changed everything over the following few years. And I came out of it a completely different person. Now, I came out of it with the confidence to just be myself and to do what made me happy and to say what made me happy and to just accept me as who I was instead of trying to be this different version of myself that I thought the world wanted to see. And everything started to get better. Like everything started to get better. I, I joined Toastmasters, which is a public speaking club because I had fallen in love with the art of public speaking and storytelling. And so I, I joined Toastmasters and I started practicing there and I made friends through Toastmasters. And suddenly like you're talking, I'm talking about a guy who literally had be friends in the world that that before that. And I didn't even really spend much time with them. All of a sudden I had a group of friends that I was going to play board games with once a week, every single week and having tons of fun doing it. And I was socializing with people like my social calendar was so full that I start like my parents started to ask if I was like moving out because I wasn't home very often. And suddenly like my life was full and, and it was feeling good. And then springtime came and my business fired back up for the year. And like, I, at that point, I was still thinking that this is going to be temporary. This is not really what I want to do. But until I find a solution, this is what I'm going to do. And because I had become confident communicating and because I had become comfortable with myself and who I was, suddenly I was able to sell jobs more easily. And I was able to confidently say no to the work that I didn't want to do. And I found myself in this position where I was like, I was actually starting to make money. 
I was actually starting to feel comfortable. I was actually starting to feel secure and safe. Like I felt safe for the first time in a long time. And I had friends and I had stuff to look forward to. And then I remember one day, it was like the, the end of May, I erased the mark on my calendar. I decided I'm not going to kill myself. I don't need to. I've got this. I can figure it out. No matter what happens, I can figure life out. It's going to be okay. And I never looked back. You know, I've had ups and downs since then, of course, as everybody does. But I have never once considered genuinely that I wanted to kill myself again. And I've developed now the skills that I know I know how to be okay. And I know how to trust that things are going to be okay. And I've just, it's been this tremendous thing. And then I started over the, the following year after kind of going through that transformation and realizing the value of life and, and loving speaking. I started taught, I started speaking about whatever I could, but I noticed that I gravitated towards speaking about my experience. You know, I talked openly about what I had gone through and the struggles and the depression and everything. And something very interesting started to happen because I would tell my story and then I would get off stage and leave, go to leave the event and guys would come and line up to talk to me. And one after the other, they would say, you know, I've been, I was going through something similar. I, I've been there, I, I've been that depressed. And they would tell me their stories of recovery. Some of them unfortunately didn't have recovery stories yet. They just would tell me I'm, I'm in that place right now and I don't know what to do. But the point is they, these, these young men were talking to me about their mental health struggles. And that was important because young men don't talk about about their mental health struggles. I mean, I'm sure you, you've seen it. I'm, you may have even felt it. Men are not generally encouraged to speak up about our mental struggles. And suddenly these guys were, and I realized, holy shit, I hold a lot of power here because I am comfortable talking about the things that are uncomfortable. And the fact that I'm willing to talk about these things that are uncomfortable is making other people acknowledge the things that are uncomfortable in their lives. And we're actually starting to have a conversation and we're actually starting to move towards something that could could actually make some real impact so from there on i decided i have to be transparent about this i have to live my life full on out loud for everybody to see because there's guys out there that are just like me who feel like they're completely alone who don't know what to do and they feel like they're they're weird for some reason because they're depressed and they feel like they have to have everything together and figured out and the, the fact of the matter is it's not true you don't have to have everything figured out nobody has everything figured out everybody's just making those things up as they go so i started telling my story and i started talking to these guys and i just I, I just realized what a what a significant force for good it could be in the world. And I realized that I could take this, what was ultimately a very offense for me, like going through the whole, the depression and the struggles and thinking about ending my life and trying to figure out how, how it was going to affect my parents. So that was the most awful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I truly hope it's the most awful thing I ever have to experience, but I could make all that awfulness worthwhile if I used it to help other people not have to go through that. And so that's how I got into the mental health world. And I just started telling my story. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist in any way, but I talk about things that are real, that are going on. And I share my struggles. And when things are not going well, I tell people like, yeah, things are not going well. And I just, I, it shifted my perspective and I started opening up about it because I just think the world needs to open up more about that kind of stuff. And people need to realize that they're not alone and that mental health care is just as important as physical health care, if not more important. And that like, I mean, here in Canada, we have this thing called Let's Talk Day. And it's the day that everybody posts on social media about mental health. It's like, oh yeah, let's talk about mental health. But then for the other 364 days of the year, nobody talks about it. You know, for the rest of the year, when it's not popular to talk about it, it gets hush-hush and quiet. And it's like, that, that can't be the way because people are struggling. And you know, I look at suicide statistics quite frequently 
because I like to see what's going on in the world. And the upward trend in suicides in the world right now is terrifying. You know, the, the, the amount of depression and anxiety that people are experiencing in the world as a result of this whole pandemic situation we're in and the financial situation the world's in and the, the economy and the, the political strife that's going on all over the world and all these things like i mean we, we we have a lot to be depressed about in this world let's just be very honest about it if you're not at least a little depressed once in a while you're not paying attention but if we talk about it and if we're honest about it and we're open about it and we share our stories and we share our our coping mechanisms and we support each other then we can get through it and it's going to be fine and that's what I started to realize that I had the power to be part of that just by talking about it and just by being open about it and that I can affect wow. a lot of lives. Wow. And I'm, I'm very blessed to this day. Like I have three or four people that send me messages on a very regular basis saying like, I saw this video of yours on YouTube and like it changed my life. And like, I have one friend who, I mean, I call him a friend. I don't really know him that well, but he was considering suicide a couple of months ago and he saw one of my videos and he decided not to do it. And he writes to me on every couple of weeks just to let me know how he's doing. And it's the most amazing feeling, you know, selfishly, I, I enjoy that feeling of having helped somebody, but on a grander scale, I know that now he goes on to his experiences. And so maybe he, maybe somebody will hear his story and decide not to kill themselves. And it's a ripple effect that goes out and it goes out farther and farther and farther. And I just hope that by being open and by sharing and by telling people the, by being real, by not faking it, that hopefully this ripple effect can go through society and we can start getting those side statistics to trend downwards instead of upwards. And we can people can realize that there's more to life than paying bills and that financial stress which is incidentally the not one of the most common reasons people kill themselves is over financial stress and money doesn't even really exist it's literally just a number on a computer screen and people kill themselves over it and my hope is that that will stop happening because we can talk about it and people can acknowledge the, the struggles and everything that they're going through and just make the world a better place. So, yeah, I, I've kind of been rambling for a while. You're, you're, that's kind you Lucas, and I'm so much, I'm blessed actually to listen to your story because because it sounds like you get through so much and you didn't even know how shit gonna go together, right? And you just, uh, it's just no, and just give it a bit of uh, a bit of more patience, okay? From December to April, right? You move that mark later on. You didn't even erase that. You sort of get that path, figure it out, and you 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 are ready in your head. That's that day we're gonna hit. But for some reason, um, words had different plans again towards you, right? So you came across the event where you didn't even have the money to pay for for the course. Because seven grand, it's like, come on, it's money. But then at the time, it's, like, it's amazingly what, what you said. I, it's not my problem anymore, right? When I'll be gone, I'll be gone, right? <laughs> Let me just at the same time invest and give it a shot. And, and, and try and, well, you lose some weight, then you get involved in just speaking and authentically talking about your experience. Because it takes an enormous amount of courage to be able to talk so deeply and so in so so emotionally about the stuff that you went through, because I noticed that men do not have a role model to talk. Uh, well, nobody really talks about it, and when people started to open up, we stopped being diminished. Like, oh, just grow up, just be the man. Don't even don't, don't bother, just suck it up. Nobody gonna listen to your stuff. And on top of that, even I, I came across a number, a number of, of, of women that do not do it any better because they uh, they expect guys to beat men, right? And your like your family said to you, just get your shit together, like that, that right? And nobody wanted to give the answers yeah. because nobody got those answers a part of you, and a part of, un, unless you sort of start connecting your, with yourself. Which is one of the top one one bit I want to dive deeper here, because um, you mentioned um, 
when you got when you fired your psychiatrist at the first time you quit the you quit the drugs the the, the psych psychotropics completely and you you get you start to putting your stuff together and then there was another moment that you sort of uh, stopped when when working uh in in the company having it all in terms of finances but you snapped again uh so and, and you sort of started to figuring out that stuff in your own head what i'm curious about it is when i'm usually seeing people oh, we need some counseling we need some i don't know inner child healing or, or some sort of coaching at least to get the right methodology to find those answers and you for some reason the second time I was able to come up with the solution by yourself in a way like like how have you been listening to yourself or you, because uh, you, you said okay I've been drinking I've been smoking this and that I've been taking some drugs but then how for the sake of how it happened that you came up with um, with the methodology inside of your head or at least an answer or at least you know um, some questions that you need to do things differently how it's happened like it was just an accident that you cannot explain it was really just an accident that i can't explain it was like it it really it happened out of desperation is what it was like i was at this point where it was just like i can't i physically can't keep going the direction i'm going so I, something had to give and i just that was the first thing that popped into my head to try differently and so i just i started to trust my intuition and just did the things that my gut told me to do instead of doing the things that felt good because that's one of the things right i drinking and smoking like crazy good in the moment because it numbed out my brain but realizing that in the long term it didn't feel good so i had to do the things that would feel maybe not so easy at the moment but what could maybe lead to something different. And so, yeah, it was, it was pure desperation. And it was just, it, it was actually, no, I, it was a combination of pure desperation and just having no other choice. You know, it's amazing what humans can do when they have no other option. And at, in those moments, I just felt like I had no other option. It was either that or continue living the way I was, what was ultimately going to lead to death one way or other, market, whether it was from bad health or- It's the 27th of December, Sorry, right? say that again? Living till the 27th yeah. of December, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's, it's yeah, it's a weird thing. And, and you know, I, I often think about that when I made that decision to to put the date on the calendar when I was going to end my life. That was one of the most powerful things I did because suddenly I could see the end, you know, and it's like, you know, you know, when you have a project you're working on and there's a deadline and you'll procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate and get nothing done. And then a couple days before That's the deadline, powerful. you're suddenly really productive. It was exactly like that, but with life. You know, like I had just kind of been bumbling along through my 20s, the not really accomplishing is there. anything. Let me put really myself together. Anything. Let me figure out something. Yeah. The deadline is there. I mean, you know, the thing that doesn't matter. Let, let me try anyway. Because I'm getting to the end. Exactly. So it's like I had that deadline. And that was that burst of productivity that got me, got me out of the rut. And yeah, and that's, it just, that shifted. So I, I wish I could articulate it better exactly what it was, but the, the reality is it's different for every single person on the planet. The point is you just have to do something different. You have to do something that's not what you're doing in this moment that's making you feel bad because obviously that's not working. So try something different. And if that doesn't work, try something different. And it's just about trying stuff and being open to living life and so would you say experimenting so Lucas, would you would you say for for our listeners for young men who are in a similar position like yourself uh who went so either have the money or who don't have the money or things are aren't really um falling together and are on the brink or are really on the edge and they want to maybe even commit a suicide would you recommend them to uh just Give, give it a try give it a go and try something different than they're doing right now and see what will happen absolutely 
absolutely and, that, and let me just say like if if yeah. you're sitting there right now listening to this and you are actively thinking about commit, committing suicide go and talk to somebody and and like go and talk to a professional there are suicide hotlines all over the world there are numbers you can call talk to somebody because even that is something slightly different than you've done right now but if you're if you're if you haven't quite got to that stage and maybe you're just feeling a little bit bummed out a little bit depressed just try something different experiment a little bit if you're if it's financial stress that you're worried about realize something very important money does not actually exist money is just a figment of our imagination that we have as a society have agreed upon that has value we live in the greatest times in history where running out of money does not mean you are going to die you will not die from running out of money in the modern world somebody will help you out there are programs they're like, it'll be okay. So stop worrying about that. Stop worrying about what could go wrong and start focusing on what could go right. You know, take, take the risk. If, 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 if you're feeling unfulfilled at work, go get a different job. It's not that hard. Don't, don't listen to the media that tells you there aren't jobs out there because there are, you know, they're like, they're, the world is not just slightly different than you think it is. The world is not at all like you think it is. And the only way you're going to start to realize that is by trying different things and exploring and find things. And if you find that something that makes you happy, do more of that. What's the, what's just, the, just do more of what thing, makes you happy. Quite common thing I'm hearing is, I don't know what makes me happy. I mean, how, do you, how would you know if you didn't even dare to try? To, like, the thing with your, what you have done, even in UK, we got, we got as well meetups, but even Bright, for example, probably you have that's the same thing, like, right, in, in Canada. Even Bright or Meetup, I mean, they're quite popular. They're free events. Just go out there and do whatever and see. Maybe you will find, you will come across the one single person that will say something that will, uh, that will snap, right? And you, you start, start thinking differently. Uh, maybe you will just get exactly. into some, some passion. Something that's going to strike the interest. That's the word I was looking up at. Absolutely. And you know what? Like people, I hear that all the time too. People say, oh, I don't know what makes me happy. And my question for those people is always the same. Well, what have you tried? And most of the time it's like, well, I did this one thing once, or I've tried these couple things and it didn't work. So now I just sit on my couch watching Netflix and eating junk food. I, I've been there. I was that guy. And I'll tell you right now, that doesn't make you happy. And that's not a way to find what does make you happy. But like you said, it only takes one thing. It only takes one, one chance meeting with the right person or one showing up at the right event or like it, it, one little tiny shift in perspective can change everything. So go on a mission to find that thing. And and acknowledge that 99.9% .9 of everything you do is probably not going to make you happy, but that's okay because at least you're finding that out. You know, you're, you're figuring out what doesn't work and you're moving towards finding something that does because eventually you will find something that does. And when you do, everything changes. But one thing, even if, even if, uh, even if um, you are listening to us and you have the, um, the thoughts of committing suicide and you don't know how to figure stuff out maybe it's i wouldn't say to put a pressure on yourself to uh, find the things finally that are gonna make you happy but just to move that mark on your calendar a little bit later or a little bit longer just give yourself more time just go on that one event and see that's not gonna work out maybe that will spike something that will make you at least move that mark a little bit longer on your calendar and that might be just enough to, to save you isn't it okay absolutely absolutely and also recognize that life is cyclical right there are going to be times in life where you feel really good and there are going to be times in life where you feel really crappy and you're really unhappy and that's just that's just normal that's part of life and as long as you have the will to hang on through the down parts you'll eventually get to experience the upsides again but if you give in to those thoughts and if you if you follow through and you do end your own life that's it you never get to experience those upsides ever again but if you can hold on and get through it then eventually the sun's going to rise on your life again 
and things are going to feel good again and it's, it's the the cyclicality of it is just it's part of the human experience and you have to be okay with that i have i'll tell you one quick story before we wrap up because this was one of the most powerful things anybody ever said to me it was it was in those early days when i was still seeing the psychiatrist i was still on medication and i was i was uh, i had this counselor his name was tom one of the most wonderful men i ever worked with and i was i was on my way home from work one day and i was i had a miserable day i the the job i was on had gone wrong i it ended up costing me a bunch of money that i didn't have the customer didn't want to pay for what i had done and it was like i was losing it and tom had told me if you're ever in a crisis situation pick up the phone and call me and so i went this hill i pull over into the shoulder of the road i pull up my phone and i called tom and he didn't answer. I was like, "Great. This is just what I need. I'm losing it in my one lifeline not even answering the phone. Like, fuck, this is not good." But about 10 minutes later, he called me back. He said, "Hey, what's going on?" I said, "Tom, I don't know what's going on. I'm having a crap day. I feel miserable. It's it's awful and I I just don't know what to do." And he said, "Well, go home, lay in bed and count the screws again." I was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Feel awful. That's part of life." call me tomorrow. So I called him the next morning and he asked how's it going. I said, "Well, I'm feeling a bit better than I was yesterday. I I think I can I think I can do this." He said, "Perfect. Welcome to being an adult." I was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Some days suck. That's just how it is. And it's okay because the next day is going to be better." And that was the most powerful piece of advice I ever got throughout my entire mental health journey is that some days suck and that's okay because it always gets better as long as you don't give in to those crappy days and it's just that's that's the the bottom line of everything is just remember when you're feeling in the low spots when you're feeling depressed when you're feeling crappy it's okay there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with any of that you just have to acknowledge it and feel it and let yourself go through it and then pick yourself up dust yourself off and try again the next day because eventually it's going to be fine So if some if you right now listening to us dear listener and uh, your day suck uh bear in mind that it's just temporary it's going to get better it's just one of those days one of those days right but uh, today exactly. might not be the best one somebody might said something that, that triggers you that's okay there's nothing wrong with you you're okay you're going to get better just uh talk to somebody right reach out to to a friend of yours uh don't what i what i've learned not to keep to yourself even such a simple thing like write stuff down just allow yourself to get those feelings out of you because for just for the for the sake of oh you are the man and may men's weren't taught how to communicate their emotions and you, but you don't have to suppress them you don't have to suck them in you can talk about them get somebody whom you trust reach out there are there are like number of hotlines all across the world not in UK not only in Canada but they're all over the world there are people who can listen to yourself even if you don't have friends even if even like like Lucas he got he got three friends he probably didn't have the chance to self to call the friends and uh, ask him to listen right At the, at, the, at the time yeah exactly But exactly are, and i was afraid to even afraid to yeah that's another no, that, thing that's the thing so many people are afraid to call their friends and to talk about it and the thing is like we say talk about it you don't necessarily have to call your friend up and say hey i'm thinking about killing myself and i need somebody to talk to you can just call somebody up and say hey i need somebody to hang out with right now and just go and sit by the river and don't talk just be with somebody or you know you can if that doesn't work crank up your favorite music and dance for 10 minutes like just anything at all to break yourself out of that pattern will work it absolutely will and just start expressing yourself in whatever way that you can and you'll find that it passes a lot easier i'm 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 thinking like one one for pop up like Uh, in that moment we are afraid of being judged and 
oh, if if we're gonna tell that to parents or to friends, are they gonna start? No, 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 don't ever kill yourself. Or, or are you silly? Or are you stupid? Or they, they start put another another like another label on you on on us on on people that it do not help. So if that's the case and you don't have somebody to support you, as, as Lucas said, turn the music on. Or listen to, or reach out to like a hotline and have a stranger who can who can listen to yourself. Uh, well, drugs and alcohol is not really the way, right? As as you no. as you were avoid, saying, like, avoid <laughs> drugs and alcohol. <laughs> then, um, well, but what speaking speaking maybe that was your way, right? You found. That was it for me. It was it was learning learning to express myself and to be comfortable with who I was. But I mean, everybody has you know. Some people are writers. Some people like to draw. Some people like to play sports. Some people like that. It's different for every single person. But eventually, when you find that thing that really lights you up, you realize that all that darkness, all that crap that you've been through, is really just preparing you for the greatness that's on the other side. And uh, as long as you're willing to push through and keep going and accept those crappy days that happen sometimes, there is greatness on the other side. You just have to get there. Remember, and remember, you matter as well. No matter what you thought, you matter. That's some something important to 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 realize that we don't feel good enough, or we don't feel, we feel like shit aren't going to aren't falling into place. So, like we are, uh, we are sort of the worst that ever can be but no it's just a temporary just temporary you are learning you exactly. matter you will go through you will go through that uh look at is Absolutely. there any way that people can find you if they want to talk to you or reach out to you i don't know tell me and is there any way they can find you yeah yeah, there's a number of ways you can find me. Uh, the simplest way is through my website, uh, www.lucassteves.com. Um, you can also find me on almost all the major social media platforms. I'm on Facebook at Lucas Steves Speaks. I'm on Instagram at Lucas Steves. Um, I'm on YouTube. If you just search my name, Lucas Steves, I'll come up. Um, I'm all over the place. I'm very, very happy to have conversations with anybody. I mean, you know, if you're really sitting there feeling like you have nobody to talk to, throw me a private message on Instagram and I'll talk because really and truly like it, it, it can be that simple. So yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Just search Lucas Steves and uh, you'll with come across e. some of my stuff up. With double E, Steves, with double e, e, right? S-T-E-E-V-E-S. That's right. And we'll put some links in the, under the, in the description of that, of that audio or in the yeah so we'll put some links as well to, to for for you to be able to find lucas um okay so thank you for joining and sharing some story your deeply personal story here i didn't expect it would go as deep so i'm glad uh, you shared that so thank you it's my pleasure paulo thank you so much for having me this has been a whole lot of fun i'm good i'm glad i'm glad so um Thank you for sharing your your flavor in this case, because we are in the uh, flavors of success. So that's uh, flavor of Lucas. If you ever want to reach out to him, we'll have the links in the description. And uh, well, do you have the do you have an amazing day? And just try to move that mark a little bit later if you are on that on that uh, on that in that position. Um, so, well, all the best, Lucas. Take care, man. All the best. Thank you. You too. Take care. Take care.